Hello, I'm Dr. Charlene and welcome to my podcast. A podcast where I will share simple yet scientifically tested methodologies to help you live the good life. I am a scientist after all, so the methods are scientifically tested. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss fear and the art of reframing. I will start with what fear is, where does it come from and how does the brain process fear? What is reframing and how can I apply it? I'm also going to share some tips on how you can create a lifestyle where fear no longer dominates your life. But before we continue, please subscribe to this podcast and feel free to share it. Who knows, but perhaps someone needs to hear this message. This is a free podcast and so all we ask is that you subscribe and share the love. Also, if you found this to be valuable, please leave a five-star review. If you are looking for more resources, we are trying to build up some more resources on our website. Have a look at my website, drsharlene.co.za. It's drsharlene.co.za, where you will find our blogs. I really hope this podcast will benefit you. Now, most of us have been in a situation that seemed impossible to get out of. So fearful that your body became numb at the very thought of that situation. I've been there before, many times. But as I grew older and as my faith grew, I became better at managing that kind of fear. So, let's have a look at what fear is. The simple definition of fear is, it's an unpleasant feeling triggered by the perception of danger, real or imagined. I really didn't make this up. This is what the dictionary says. And if you really want to go in-depth about what fear is from a biblical perspective, let's see it. Fear means the incorrect perception, in brackets delusion, and seeing what isn't there. So that, in essence, is what fear is. It is a feeling and it is a perception of danger, whether it's real or whether it is imagined. I grew up in a house with six other people, two parents and four sisters. I was fortunate to grow up in a house where both my mom and my dad did not pay much attention to fear. I do believe that this had a significant impact on my life, in how I understood and also managed fear. It doesn't mean that you will never have fear. It just means you need to manage it better. I believe that in most of us, fear has been conditioned since early childhood. So many things happen in childhood that we carry along with us. So if we go back to the definition of fear, it mentions danger. Well, danger will come your way in some form. It's almost guaranteed. You see, we live in a world full of danger and at times it comes to us. If we look at the definition of danger, it says it is the possibility of suffering harm or injury. Not a reality, it's a possibility. There is no certainty in that definition that it will affect you. It says that it's the possibility of suffering harm or injury. So when we look at both definitions of fear and also of danger, 
There is no certainty that fear or danger is going to come. It is going to be a reality in our lives. So fear comes from a conditioning of the mind since early childhood, like I mentioned before. Whether we've been told to fear or whether we have been exposed to real danger in our lives, it comes through being exposed to what that is on a regular basis. Some of us might have had a parent saying to us, if you go outside when it rains, you will catch a cold. I'm sure you must have heard this before. Or if you drive a motorcycle, you will probably be killed one day. Or for some of us, we've been exposed to some very cruel things like violence or alcoholism, rape or some really terrible things. But I want to tell you that even though you have been exposed to this, it doesn't mean that you have to continue living your life like that. Riddled with fear, that's what I mean. You see, fear starts small. We have seen this multiple times in um, my practice in Century City where we coach clients and we try and understand where this all comes from. And 99% of the time, it starts in childhood and it starts small. It's little things we fear, you see. And the little things we fear become very big things eventually. The nature of fear is to dominate you. It doesn't stay small. So where at first you feared going into the rain for getting a cold or you start fearing other little things, these little things become big things and then you start fearing other things. Which brings me to the third point on how the brain processes fear. It is actually a simple but also a very complex process. You only have to follow the steps and you only have to follow the tips. At the end of this podcast, I'm going to share three tips on how you can actually manage fear a lot better. This is something that you need to apply on a regular basis. And you see, the mind works on neuroplasticity, which means we wire things in like we've wired fear in. We need to wire good things in. You see, fear can only enter your mind through the five senses. There's no other way. It enters your eyes, so what you see, your ears, what you hear, through your nose, what you smell, like certain things smell, but that you smell bring back a certain kind of memory or painful memory, through touch and also through taste. But it's mostly through the eyes and the ears that we start formulating fear. What you expose yourself to is what the brain processes. The brain is like a machine, it knows no other thing. So when you expose yourself to fearful things, that's how the brain processes it. It doesn't know whether it's good or whether it's bad, it processes. It triggers thoughts, emotions, and also related neurotransmitters. Your brain has a mechanism called the thalamus. If you can think of the thalamus as like an air traffic controller. So the role of the thalamus is to tell your brain which signals go to which parts of the brain. So with danger or with fear, 
the signal goes straight to the small area in the brain called the amygdala. So the amygdala is a shape that is a size and also the, the shape of an almond. It's so small. This is where fear is processed and it's released to the relevant neurotransmitters. So as an example, so, so we take, we are paralyzed with fear. A certain neurotransmitter is released that sends the body into shock. Similarly, if you start thinking about fearful thoughts, the same process starts applying and you start meditating on that fearful, fearful thought. You start producing fearful thoughts and also neurotransmitters gets released that makes you feel anxious, not good about yourself. If you really think about it, colds and flus have nothing to do with the rain. It, it has to do with our immune system. It has to do with bacteria and also about the way we put our bodies into fear. We put our bodies into stress. And so the immune system has been eaten, or if, if you can call it that, it's been um, eroded. And so we are so... Um, subjected to flu and bacteria and other things. So in effect, in effect, it is not the rain it's that causes colds and flus. Really, it's not. It's the way we look after ourselves. It's the way we process fear. It's the way we process danger. So this brings me to our next topic, which is reframing. So what is reframing and why is it so important? Reframing is a tool that we discuss in coaching and also something that you can do on your own. If you have an accountability partner, this would work really, really well. So someone that can keep you accountable through this process. Reframing is seeing the current situation from a different perspective, especially in a time such as this. So reframing really helps you um, with problem solving. It can help you with decisions that you need to make. It's also very valuable in the learning process. So in essence, reframing is helping you to move on from a situation in which you feel really stuck or confused. So here is how it works and also how you can apply it. I'm going to take an example in a moment. So you have a thought about your current situation. Your thoughts are, for example, I'm scared. I don't know how I'm going to make, through, make it through this situation financially. I really don't know. I'm stuck. I'm confused. I don't understand. This is something that you are thinking at the moment. The most powerful way that you can reframe a situation is to speak the positive into that situation. In other words, this is what you need to speak. I don't know how I'm going to get through this situation. Yet, I have made it so far and I have faced many bad situations before. I have options. And in this instance, you need to pull up a piece of paper or your journal, if you are journaling, and write down the options that you have. 
What effect does this have on the brain? Well, when you have options, you don't feel stuck. And when you write them down, you crystallize them. So the confusion starts fizzling out. Remember, God has cared for you until now. If you want to have a look at this in Psalm 71 and verse 6, he says, why should he change his mind about you now? So, in short, what have we discussed today? We have spoken about what fear is and also what is it from a biblical perspective? What is it from a dictionary perspective? And I really hope that it's provided a clear explanation to you of what it is that you are really dealing with. I've spoken about where fear comes from. And I really hope that you've learned a bit more about how we process things from early childhood and how we've been conditioned since early childhood. I also showed you or explained to you how the brain processes fear. It is really, really very simple. A lot of times I believe we make things too big. We also spoke about what reframing is and how you can apply it. So number one, what fear is, where does it come from? Number two, three, how the brain processes fear. Four, what is reframing? And number five, how can I apply it? So here are three tips in, in terms of how you can create a lifestyle where fear no longer dominates your life. So the key is, that you spend at least 10 minutes a day on this. 10 minutes a day is really nothing out of your life. So spend 10 minutes a day on these three tips. Start to look at positive things that you enjoy. It could be going down to the beach. It could be going to a park. Or for now, simply being at home and reading or watching a movie or a documentary that has a positive impact on your life. If you watch violent movies, it's going to stick in memory. I can guarantee you that. You think you might be able to handle it, but it sticks in memory. And that, in effect, shows up in many different ways, in fearful, uh, in fearful thoughts, in the way that we handle things. Number two, listen to your positive people, podcasts or music. Music has a profound impact on your life. If you listen to a song that sings suicide in the background all the time, I'll never forget this. I went to a shopping mall once and I was shopping for clothing, so I mean, that is quite a process. And all I could hear in the background was a song about suicide. I don't know if you know it, but it was terrible. I eventually just left the shop. It, it, it wasn't good. And guess what? By the time I got home, it kind of was stuck in my mind because it came with quite a catchy tune as well. If you listen to a song that is uplifting with good positive words, you will start thinking positive thoughts. 
Number three, take a situation that has caused fear in your life and apply what you've learned today. You've got to go through this process. Take something where you've been really fearful, apply what you've learned today and see how you could have done it differently. So I hope that was valuable. I'm Dr. Charlene and it has been such a privilege to talk to you about this topic. Please remember to subscribe and share this podcast. Until our next episode.